Hello and welcome to Riley on Film. I'm your host, Damian Riley. I've written two books so far and currently I'm on my third. I'm not in film or on film, yet one day, who knows, lightning could strike. I am a bipolar professional here putting up my thoughts about human life. I hope you enjoy your time here. Namaste and God bless you. just finished watching the horror movie Skinamarink. Um, I enunciated that very carefully so you can make sure and spell it right when you search for it. However, if you go on Hulu, where I watched it, I think it's also on Shudder. Uh, it's been farmed out to some other places, but it, I think it started on Shudder. Uh, wow, there's there's a lot to unpack there. I think one one thing that is so cool about it is that it's different. Um, that sounds like it's just like a kind of cliche thing to say, but it is different, and I think it's the coolest thing in the horror genre when a director takes chances and comes up with something truly different, and this is that. You have the children in the house, and from what I can gather, there are two, Kevin and Kaylee. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, it's the kind of house where I, I guess you could compare it to uh, in Toy Story, but not Andy's room room of Sid, the the creepy kid. Just not any art on the walls, uh, particle board fixtures. Um, It is, they say it's set in the 90s, but it just almost seems like a 70s vibe to me. And the carpeting you see is very... uh, nondescript, uh, almost like, you know, whatever came with the standard house is what they got for the carpeting. Um, these are just my perceptions, and I think anyone who watches it, if they're open to it, a lot of people will not be open to watching this movie, because it's borderline boring, but if you can think about it, like, the director is really doing something here, and really telling a story, I think that's the key thing, is you have to believe that there is a story, and I believed that. I have to be honest, the first time I watched it, I had a hard time, and I kept turning it off and turning it on, and then I did what you probably should never do, but I tend to do it once in a while. Uh, I went over to YouTube and uh, looked at a couple reviewers, what they had to say about it, And after doing that, um, I realized that uh, there is something there because both the reviewers I really respect and I liked what they had to say. And one of them even admitted that she didn't like it and has a newborn and so she couldn't sit that long in the dark watching it. 
but when she finally did take the time to watch it in bits, she was a big fan of it. And so, and she also said that she appreciated the jump scares. And I, I hadn't seen any jump scares yet. I got about 20 minutes into it. I think the first jump scare is like at 22 minutes, around there. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere around there. And it's certainly not anything that will really make you jump, but it is. it can be classified as a jump scare, I think, in the context of this film. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get into the story because I, I kept asking myself, what is the story here? There is a story people have said that I respect on YouTube have said there is a story here. And the horror community has really kind of like taken this into its arms and really, really embraced it. So that is something too that is undeniable and you have to kind of accept. But like I said, I mean, I think your average viewer especially if you're not into horror, is going to be... This is like atmospheric horror, and I'm really into atmospheric horror. Now, you can take another movie that I like that was different, like Tusk, and I call that atmospheric, too, because some of the scenes are so... Oh, they just remind you of Old Man in the Sea and storytelling and things like that. So, But then other scenes are completely wacky and something out of H.R. Puffin stuff and blood and gore added on so and Frankenstein too uh, so that film <clears throat> it has a lot going on this one kind of takes atmospheric to a different level and you are sort of on the ground with your face in the carpet and then other times it turns completely upside down and you're on the ceiling looking at doors and pictures and, and sometimes the, the doors disappear now, whenever a horror, especially a movie like this, that's kind of like, you know, just hard to figure out, an enigma, if you will, um, on Internet Movie Database, if, if they tell you something about the plot on a movie like this, then you've got to really, really look at that as gold, because you're not going to get much else other than your own interpretation. So... So this one said, the father is gone, the little kids are awake uh, in the house, but the father's gone, and all the windows and doors have disappeared. And that's all it says. So when you're looking at that, you, you've got to kind of, anything that you frame as the story has to sort of relate back to that because that's what the director approved to tell his audience so it's pretty powerful that way so here's what I got out of it my feeling is and by the way this isn't I mean like I tell my students there is no wrong answer here of what's happening in this movie because it's meant to be open to interpretation uh, clearly and the the director I heard on one of the reviews that he made this movie for $15,000 which in a climate these days where you're lucky to be able to make a blockbuster horror film for you know less than half a million uh, or around half a million or more than that or several millions uh, 15000 is just incredible that uh, they made a movie that made it into theaters and this did make it into theaters and now it's on Hulu so this movie has done a lot with $15,000 and it definitely made a profit so 
you don't see any of the characters' faces. I think at the very end, you see a little bit of Kevin. Uh, turns his head slightly to the right, but other than that, you don't know what any of these characters look like. You hear Kaylee's voice a lot, and that gets into my interpretation. I think Kaylee is having one of those dreams where you're sort of half awake and sort of asleep, and it's sort of a nightmare, and, but it's also a dream, one of those hazy twilight dreams, and this is all what's going on in her dream, and we are experiencing her dream. Um, that's the best that I can come up with. Uh, there could be a poltergeist in the house. You could go for that. And, you know, the blood and the, the box cutter. And there could be a demon. It, it definitely feels like a demon, but I think all these things could be in the mind of a four-year-old, and that's kind of what we're experiencing. But I could be wrong. So... Check this thing out. It's called Skinamarink. Um, you're definitely going to have to be relaxed and calm uh, and turn all the lights off when you watch it. And then let me know what you think of it. I've got to play it again here right now while I'm recording. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is kind of special to me because this is this movie has gotten me back into mainstream horror. I've been watching like 60s horror, which I really like. I'm still into that. But the interest in this film... And the fact that it's so different has gotten me more interested in uh, kind of the mainstream and the stuff that's coming out now. It reminds me a little bit of Blair Witch Project in that nobody knew what was coming. Nobody expected it, this style. Uh, and it brings back the genre of kind of minimalism and fear, like on a sort of ethereal level. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Riley on Film. I'm your host, Damian Riley, finding his way between bipolar and this crazy messed up world that thinks Trumpism is religion. But thanks for listening, and I hope you'll come back, and I accept all people, love all people, love all people, and I will see you next time.